Welcome back. This is Pastor Andrew, and it's time for our main preaching service for Sunday, April the 5th of 2020. The title of our message today is, Does Jesus Care? Does Jesus Care? I hope if you have the, um, the document that we brought around to your house today, Uh, with the notes for the sermon, that you'll open that up at this time. And please open your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we'll be reading verses 35 through 41. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. If you need a moment to find your Bible or to turn there, just put this on pause and then start it again once you have found your place on your Bible. Mark chapter 4 verses 35 through 41. The word of God in English says, In the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Now this is Jesus, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. Verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part, that means the back part of the ship, and he was asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's bow our heads and let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear God, for giving us your word. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving us the Holy Spirit, who helps us to understand your word. And we pray, dear Lord, that now as people are in their homes, as they're looking at the word of God, as they're looking at the lesson for today, I pray, dear God, that you'll speak to their hearts. Heavenly Father, help us to focus on your word. And Heavenly Father, we pray, dear Lord, that your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts and give us the courage and give us, dear Lord, the the umption, dear Lord, to overcome the fear and the panic that is in our lives these days. Heavenly Father, please help us, dear Lord. Please speak to our hearts. Give us the courage to obey. Give us the sense to do what your Holy Spirit guides us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, Reading this passage, we see that Jesus was with his disciples. Jesus had been teaching parables and healing the sick and doing all kinds of miracles. And now it was late in the day, night was falling, and Jesus and the disciples decided to use a boat to travel across the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee is not as large as an ocean, but it is very large. It is so large that once you are out in it, you will not be able to see anything in any direction but water. That's very large in my book. Also, the Sea of Galilee is about uh, 226 meters below sea level. That's very low. And it is surrounded by hills. The winds blowing across the land intensify close to the sea, causing violent and unexpected storms. The disciples were seasoned fishermen who had spent their lives fishing on this huge lake, but in this storm, they panicked. And that's exactly what we see in verse 37. We see the storm. 
The word of God says, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. When it says it was full, it means it was full of water. We see that one of these very violent storms came up. The Bible describes it as great. And remember, the Bible does not exaggerate. The storm was strong. There was wind, there was rain, there was lightning and thunder. The huge waves were beating into the ship and the the storm threatened to tip the ship over and capsize it. The Bible says that the storm was so bad that the ship became filled with water. Of course, this is one of the worst situations you can be in a boat because the water is supposed to stay on the outside of the boat, not on the inside. And so when the boat fills with water, it sinks. And uh, that's a very, very dangerous situation. So you can understand why these experienced sailors, these experienced fishermen, were very frightened this night out on the water. Can you imagine this scene? Can you see this picture in your mind? A totally black night. The storm clouds have covered up the stars and the moon, and the only light that is available is the lightning. Each time a bolt of lightning comes down, they can see the huge waves crashing over the ship. Uh, they can see the, the fear on the faces of, their, uh, of the other disciples. The ship is bouncing up and down. It's thrown back and forth, and now it looks like the boat is going to sink because it's becoming full of water. What are the disciples going to do? And here's the big question. Where is Jesus? We come to verse 38, and verse 38 says, And Jesus, it says, And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? You see, at this time, Jesus is asleep. He's in the back of the ship. He's on a pillow. Jesus is snoring. How is this possible? Well, the way this is possible is because Jesus is not afraid of the storm. Jesus is the creator. He's the God who made the storm. He's the God who made the water. He's the God who made everything, and he can control the storm. But that's not the case with the disciples. The disciples are terrified. They wake Jesus up, and they ask him this question. They say, Master, carest thou not that we perish? You know, I can understand the disciples' fear. There are things going on in our life that seem out of our control. And when we're afraid or when we are upset, sometimes we say things and we make accusations that we don't really mean. Do you think that God knows when you're having a problem? Do you think that he cares? Does he know about this virus here on the earth? Does he know that you have been sent home from your job? You know, you think about it. You live here in Zambia, in Indola. Maybe you live in Pomozi or in Nkwazi. Maybe, you know, you, you don't feel like you're a very important person. But rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, you are very important to God. And he does know the trials that we're going through. And even more than that, he does care. Reading in verse 40, I think that Jesus was disappointed by their question. First, he speaks to the wind and the storm, and he says, Peace, be still. And immediately, the wind and the storm obey him. Then he turns to the disciples, and he asks them, he says, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I mean, think about it. These are the disciples who've been with Jesus for over three years now. 
They've seen his miracles. They've seen him bring the dead back to life. They've seen him do all of these things. And he's thinking, why don't you have faith? Why don't you know who I am and know that I'm not going to let anything happen? So now we see that everything is calm. The storm is gone. The sea is peaceful and smooth. It's almost like glass. So there's nothing to be afraid of, right? But look at verse 41. This, now remember, this is after the storm. There's no more lightning. There's no more wind. There's no more waves. But look at verse 41. It says, And the disciples, and they feared exceedingly. And they said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? It's interesting that now that the storm is over, now is the time they are afraid exceedingly. It seems that they are even more afraid now than they were before during the storm. Why is that? Here's the reason, I think. Because now they are starting to believe that something that they have heard and been taught, but never truly known, is the truth. They're starting to believe that Jesus is God. That he does control everything. You know, sometimes we can sit in church for most of our lives and hear preaching about this and that, but sometimes it just does not sink in. In our devotions this week, Bonajuda and I have been reading about the crucifixion of Jesus in the book of John and about his resurrection. And you know, it's amazing to us that these disciples who had been with Jesus for three years, even more than three years, and for all this time they've heard his teaching, they've seen his example, night and day they're with Jesus, but still they were amazed at his death and at his resurrection. Had they not been hearing his teaching? Well, yeah, they heard his teaching, but somehow it didn't sink into them, and they did not allow that teaching to become a reality in their lives. Let me ask you this. Is the word of God a reality to you? Is it real? Is it true? Here's the test. Does the word of God change you? Can you read the Bible every day and never change? If that's the case, you are missing the message of God's word. Because the Bible is supposed to have an effect on you. God's word should change you. Remember what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. God's word should be real to you. It should change you. Now, this was an eye-opening moment for the disciples. This was a time when their lives changed. They now knew for sure that Jesus was who he said that he was. He was the creator. He spoke to the sea. He spoke to the waves. He spoke to the wind. And all of nature obeyed him. This week, as I studied these passages, I found it very interesting that the disciples were doing exactly what they were supposed to do. They were following Jesus. Jesus said, let's get in the boat. And they got into the boat. You know, we ought to be like the disciples. We should follow Jesus. You know, that's really what being a Christian is. It's someone who is like Christ. A Christian is Christ-like. 
And so if that's going to be us, we should follow Christ and do what he says. Now, here's what I want you to see. The disciples were following Christ. But even though they were doing what's right, even though they were following Christ, the trial, the storm, still came upon them. Here's what I want you to see. Sometimes bad things happen to people who are doing right. Think about the passage here in Matthew chapter 5. If you've got a moment, turn in your Bible over to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 43 down to verse 45. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, down through 45. Now, while you're turning there in the Bible, I want to make mention of something that I failed to mention when we started the sermon today. You'll notice that up at the text, it says that there are parallel passages of Mark chapter 4. What that means is that we see this story about the disciples in the boat on the Sea of Galilee in two other places in the Gospels. Not only is it found here in Mark chapter 4, but it's also found in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27, and it's also found in Luke chapter 8, verses 23 through 25. I'm sorry, verses 22 through 25. And so it's interesting to read all three of these accounts. Remember, we have 12 disciples in the boat with Jesus, and three of them wrote about it. And so the three different stories might not be exactly the same, but they are similar uh, to one another. But I chose this one here in Mark chapter 4 because it's the one that spoke to me the most. And so if you found uh, Matthew chapter uh, 5 verses 43 through 45, let's, let's read that together at this time. Mark chapter 5 verse 4, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 5 verse 43 through 45. The Bible says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now pay attention here to verse number 45. Verse 45 says, That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. This verse shows me that sometimes good things happen to bad people. And likewise, sometimes bad things happen to good people. But no matter what is happening, God is in control. You know, someone once said that the only thing that is predictable about life is that, is, is that it is unpredictable. Trials will come in the life of a Christian. Christians have funerals. Christians have illnesses. Christians get fired from their jobs. Christians have time where, they're, where they have difficulty getting along with family members. This is normal. Trials will come. But the peace and the calm in the life of the Christian is our resting in Jesus Christ, our dependence upon him. Now, understand that during this trial, during this storm, Jesus was very calm. He was so calm, he was asleep. He was not worried. You know, as leaders, we need to remain calm in times of crisis. The mark of a good leader is someone who can keep their cool and remain calm during a crisis when others are panicking. As a parent or as an older brother or sister, as a witness for Christ, you need to remain calm and allow your peace, your faith in Jesus, to be a calming influence 
on your neighbors, on your family, and on your workmates. This is very important. The disciples asked Jesus for help. They did right. They came to Jesus and they realized that Jesus was the only one who could help them during the crisis. Now is the time for Christians to find time to pray and to go to the Lord in prayer. But remember this, if you have unconfessed sin in your life, now is the time to get rid of it and to get serious about talking to God. David said it best in Psalm chapter 66, verse 18. He said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. This is why in our Sunday services at Calvary Baptist Church of Indola, before we start the service, we spend time in prayerful meditation. We're asking God to speak to us, to fill us with his Holy Spirit. And if there is unconfessed sin in our lives, to reveal it to us so that the Holy Spirit can speak to us. We need to examine ourselves. The Bible tells us as Christians to do this. To look and see if there is sin, if there's pride, if there's rebellion, if there's anything that will not allow us to humble ourselves, and if there is, to confess that sin and to forsake it. Because God will not hear our prayers if there's unconfessed sin in our life. And so now in this time, this time of unrest, this time of uncertainty, this time of not knowing the way forward, this is a time we need to be able to talk to God and get answers in our life. Jesus then asked his disciples, he said, where is your faith? You know, that's a good question. And I want to ask you today, where is your faith, Christian friend? If your faith is in Pastor Andrew, I hate to tell you this, you are going to be disappointed. Because the truth is, I am just a sinful man. If your faith is in the church, you're going to be let down. If your faith is in your employer, the government, or your bank account, again, you might be disappointed. But there's no one who has put their confidence, their faith in Jesus Christ, and has ever been sorry that they did so. Finally, let's look at the question of the disciples. In verse 38, the disciples asked Jesus, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Of course, this is a very harsh question, especially asked to Jesus, because the answer is obvious. Of course, Jesus cares. No one cares more. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 through 30, we see that Jesus cares for every aspect of our lives. Turn in your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 10, and let's look at verses 29 down through verse 31. Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 through 31. I hope you found that passage now. Let's start reading in verse 29. The Bible says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Verse 30, he says, But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Most importantly, Jesus cares for your soul. Jesus came to this earth to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek for the lost. He came to save the lost. He came for you. Are you lost today? Are you overwhelmed with fear about what will happen tomorrow and the next day and the next and next week and the next month? In our text today, we saw that the disciples panicked 
because the storm threatened to destroy them all. And Jesus seemed to them to be unaware and unconcerned. Now, their storm was a physical storm, but storms come in many other forms in our lives. Think about the storms that we're going through today, the situations that cause us great anxiety and worry. Whatever the difficulty we face, we have two options. We can worry and assume that Jesus no longer cares, or we can resist fear and we can put our trust in Jesus. Remember this, when you feel like panicking, confess your need for God and then trust Him to care for you. Always remember this, God loves you. Jesus died for your sins and He wants to save you today. No matter if this is the time when you are going to turn to Him for your salvation, He's ready to receive you. Whether or not you just need to enhance your faith and trust Him for the days ahead, He's ready to receive you. The Bible urges us and pleads with us to make sure of our salvation. What are you trusting in for your salvation? Is it your good works? Is it your baptism? Is it a prayer a church leader said long ago that you simply repeated after him? You know, the truth is salvation is very easy, but you must do it the Bible way. You can't do it the way that seems best to you. You have to do, you have to receive salvation the way the Bible says to. And that means confessing your sin, repenting of your sin, and receiving the free gift of salvation found in Jesus Christ. Without a doubt, there's a lot of worry and concern, not just in Zambia, but in the whole world today. Jobs are shutting down, economies are crashing, shortages may be in our future, and this strange illness that we can't even see is covering the earth. Through it all, you can have faith that Jesus is in control and that he will take care of you. Yes, it's true. Jesus cares for you. Let's bow our heads and let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for this lesson from your word, that no matter what storm we're going through, you are there with us. And not only are you with us, but Heavenly Father, you are in control. Heavenly Father, strengthen our faith. Make it stronger. Heavenly Father, give us the courage to be calm and to be the leaders you need us to be in this world today. Heavenly Father, help us to be the right kind of husband, the right kind of wives. Heavenly Father, help us to be the right neighbors and the right parents that the world needs to see at this time. Help us to be the witnesses that the world needs. Heavenly Father, may we tell others about how great you are. Heavenly Father, may we show our calmness and then explain why we can be calm when the rest of the world is in panic. Heavenly Father, we love you very much. And dear God, I pray if there's someone listening to this podcast today and they've never received Jesus Christ as their Savior, I pray, dear Lord, that today is the day that they'll confess their sin. Today is the day that they'll realize and confess that they are helpless to save themselves, that they can't save themselves through good works or through church membership or through saying a prayer, and that they will learn how they can receive Jesus Christ as their Savior and call upon his name and receive the free gift of salvation. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for this. We ask you, dear God, for your wisdom. We ask you, dear God, for your understanding. We ask you, dear God, to fill us with your Holy Spirit and give us strength to do what's right in the coming days. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.